0: I not once with a, a pediatrician or OB it was ever sort of warned this happens to nearly every mother. It could happen. I mean, I, no one ever told me. I would constantly be filled with fear and, and worry. I
1: feel like I, whenever someone asks me a question, like, oh, what it's like being a mom? I say, I just worry all the time.
2: You are listening to STREAM, the South African Mental Health and Business Podcast, where we have conversations about navigating through struggles, achieving success, and people's secrets to reaching optimal performance. In today's episode, I'm joined by one of my nearest and dearest friends, Nicole Lupton, who also happens to be my business partner for the past six years for our online fitness, beauty, and health platform called Wellness in the City. He calls a mom of two, and having witnessed how this mom operates juggling many roles while single parenting five nights a week is so unbelievably inspiring and a little bit alarming because I genuinely don't know how she does it all. Now, I'm sure you know a mom just like this. In fact, you might just be that mom. In either case, I know you're going to find so much value from today's episode. Nicole and I chat to registered counsellor Sharman Reddington, the founder of Mumwell, who offers online therapy for expectant and postpartum mums. I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. This episode is brought to you by Habitas Namibia, the experience-led sustainable luxury hotel situated on a private estate only 45 minutes from Ventoux International Airport. So if you're looking for a truly unique wildlife experience and yearning for an opportunity to disconnect, to reconnect, then I highly recommend you visit HabitasNamibia.com to take advantage of the special rate they are offering South Africans. But don't expect your run-of-the-mill safari experience, as this property boasts a wealth of distinctive programming in line with their ethos, such as game drives complemented with a lesson in medicinal plants, indigenous spa treatments sunrise yoga and a unique bush bry experience under the stars with local live music and dance. Visit habitasnamibia.com for more information. Okay so today we're going to be chatting about intrusive thoughts as well as transitioning from one kid to two or three or even more which seems to be a trend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll get to that. trending at the moment yeah, I, was, I was chatting it. to Shaman I feel like so many people are having like more than two kids now three or four it's like they're going back to like our, like, yes. our parents
1: generation you know yes. when like three was like the cool
2: number I feel it's quite cool quite popular, but now okay. So intrusive thoughts—the the topic is very intriguing for me. It sounds very dangerous and dark, and dark and deep. All mm. the kinds of things I love, I'm very curious and curious about. So as a non-mom, like <laughs> I feel like I've also got intrusive thoughts. So maybe maybe you can explain a bit further as to what it exactly is.
0: Yeah, so I think you like hit the nail on the head with it sounds dark and scary and and overwhelming. And I think that's why so many of us don't know about intrusive thoughts is because it seems too scary to not only think, but then to admit I'm thinking. Um, So, yeah, simply put, an intrusive thought is going to be a thought that's unexpected, unwanted, and it seemingly pops up out of nowhere. And often with new moms, that thought seems to be centered around harm coming to baby. So those thoughts could be something like, what if my baby falls down the stairs? What if baby is in bed and falls between the mattress and the wall? And and they can really be quite... um, out of the ordinary and really disturbing and shocking when they pop up into your, into your mind, um, with seemingly no warning. So yeah, that's, that's sort of a a definition of what a intrusive thought would be.
1: Experienced. Um, yeah, Shaman, also, I wanted to ask you because why I saw that, that like write up, that beautiful poem that, um, I think it's Jessica Ulrich, um, that she did, I mean, she writes so beautifully. She's got so many different things and elements that she touches on and, and one of which was intrusive thoughts. And that's where I was like, oh, that's me. I, I, that's what I go through. But then when I Googled intrusive thoughts, it came up and said like, it's when you, th- you think of harming your child. So then I was like, oh, no, it, that's, that's not me like I'm always constantly worried that some harm is going to come to mm. my child and not not that I'm going to do something. And I know that also that is all like, you know, um, intertwined with postnatal depression and all of that. And that thought of harming your child or, you know, putting the pillow over your child or what if I dunk her underneath the water or there's so many of these like crazy, scary thoughts that come into your head. But th- But the thing is, is that like, for me, I never felt that it was more harm that was going to happen to them or, or something that was going to hurt or, um, yeah, like it, it wasn't necessarily me harming the child, but uh, is it the same thing?
0: Hmm. So I think, yeah, a great, great question. And it sort of touches on so much more about perinatal sort of mental health and, and, and psychological disorders. And we could probably spend hours just unpacking that. If we look at intrusive thoughts on their own. Um, so this isn't postnatal, perinatal, depression, anxiety. We're just looking at the thought. Um, and then that thought being it could be anything it doesn't have to be harm sometimes and and marisa i don't know if you put in a, a trigger warning um but this this can be a topic that can feel very uncomfortable but sometimes those intrusive thoughts could even be sexual um it could be something around harm to yourself while you're holding your baby it could be baby and it could be harming baby So, the intrusive thought sort of category includes any of those unwanted, unexpected, and really uncomfortable, disturbing thoughts that pop up. On their own, 70 to 100% of new moms are going to experience those thoughts. So, that's nearly all of us. Most of the time, those thoughts are without a, a psychological diagnosis so they're just the thoughts which are at 70 to 100% nearly all of us are going to have those thoughts um and and they're not always going to be um sort of harm to baby and and for the most part they're just thoughts and that's not to minimize them because they're fucking scary when they come up yeah. um so it's not to minimize the thoughts but that they are just thoughts. So the likelihood, um, there's some really interesting stats on this that I don't have offhand, but the likelihood of acting on a thought is so, so minute. It happens for sure, but for the most, those thoughts are exactly that, just thoughts. So they're not necessarily, you're going to harm baby, but they're really normal, uncomfortable uh, part of, of, of motherhood. I don't know if that answers your
1: question yeah no absolutely okay so so there are like variations of
0: intrusive thoughts yeah okay yeah all different types and
2: okay. this can start quite early on i suppose i remember Nick, you were telling me with isla when you were still pregnant all the night like the nightmares you were having of what could go wrong would that yeah. also classify yeah, i suppose I mean- as Starting stages of no, him i
1: didn 't even actually think of that because there was that one stage where I had like a vivid dream that she, that it was a girl first of all because i didn 't know what I was having, and then they showed me on like the ultrasound in my dream they showed me oh yes it 's a girl oh and sh- no she 's not alive i 'm sorry but she's she 's not alive and 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 going through that and then waking up and being in complete like hysteria like oh my gosh like she's not alive she's not alive Phil and then he's like what she what like you know and 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 it's just but the thing is that for me I always pushed it away because I'm such a sensitive person I'm very emotional so I always just thought oh you know Nicole don't be silly you're over exaggerating it's all in your head like get over it you just you know oversensitive and but I would constantly be like my filled with fear and and worry. I feel like I, whenever someone asks me a question like, "Oh, what it's like being a mom?" I say, "I just worry all the time i 'm constantly worrying, and for a person who is a naturally I worry a lot, and then that on top of it it 's almost like debilitating I feel like jeez this is like so hardcore like it's in a normal happy situation where the kids are running around they're playing i've got a drink in my hand i'm so happy until then, then bam something oh my god he's gonna fall off there and he's gonna fall over the balcony he's gonna crack his head open he's gonna die like literally thoughts like that come into my mind and then i'm like okay nicole just calm down thank goodness it doesn't like um get to a point where i can't think of something else. I can actually just get out of it and stop myself and move on. But it's continuous. So, like, since I was pregnant, thanks Mm -hmm. for the reminder, because I thought it was actually only after I gave birth. But all the way through, there's constant, like, I'm just worried all the time. And these thoughts, these hardcore, drastic, almost, um, like, not unrealistic, but... Almost far fetched. Yeah. What's that word? I, I was thinking extreme. Yeah. Like it's it's not um, it's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But you foresee it, and you constantly have these negative thoughts, and and I feel like I'm just manifesting this whole negativity, and like constantly thinking, oh no, that's gonna happen. That you know, don't do that, or and it's it's tiring. It's exhausting. I don't know what my point of was telling no. you that
2: <laughs> i feel like a little bit of anxiety I'm
1: and i'm an
2: anxious person on, and so on top of that i feel like <gasps> were, were you that anxious pre-kids i'm trying to think <laughs> i don't no, know no but i just almost like because it's your caring loving nature that takes I, over i think
1: that like just having kids it's on another level like mm. i always thought like Oh, you know, I'm I'm like I care for my friends and I care for my family and all of that. But then when you have kids it's like a different
2: yeah
1: like you you prioritize your priorities are so different and these things are like your whole life and they're it's fragile insane. and they can't look after themselves yes. yet.
2: I suppose it will never end because as they go through the no. different stages you worry about different exactly. things exactly
1: and-, and friends who have got like you know older kids they say to me because I keep asking people about it like am I normal is this like normal for me to feel like this and they're like totally normal but there is a point where it isn't normal so Sharvan I don't know if you can help us can out you there you diagnose
2: the
0: today <laughs> 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 it it made me think as you're speaking next about, uh, that quote, I'm probably going to butcher the hell out of it, but something around once you become a parent for the rest of your life, your heart walks outside your body. Um, and, and I think that that for me just, you know, as soon as that uh, baby is earth side, you are going to worry. I mean, that's sort of your, most prized joy you know so I think naturally I'm yet to meet a mom that doesn't experience some anxiety around the health and well-being of of her children um and yeah sure it reminds me um so I don't I don't think but maybe maybe it just feels a bit too far away I don't think I had really intrusive thoughts of my first but I remember vividly holding my second in a you know really good mind space there was nothing sort of untoward I was experiencing emotionally and I was standing outside with him um sort of at a balcony it wasn't like Michael Jackson blanket kind of balcony situation (laughs) and he was he was perfectly safe um and I just thought like what if he fell what if he fell and I remember like this sort of disbelief that I even thought it and and it was almost like a oh, how dare you think that that's yeah, that's yeah. you know um and I think that's also a, a thing that many who experience these intrusive thoughts in, in early motherhood the first thought is oh, why did I think that like that's terrible shake it out my head um and and that's you know that's that's what they are when when we say they're intrusive is they come in and they're ugly and they shock the heck out of us. Um,
1: yeah yeah
0: and I think I think, you know, they're, as much as they're they're normal, we, and I say we sort of, I've experienced it, and I think many others feel if we admit them, does that mean we're unstable? If we admit them, does it mean we're not capable of looking after our children? If we admit them, does it mean that, you know, there's this sort of unconscious message or um, you know, like uh, a, a, an unconscious desire, a hidden message by by those oh, thoughts. Yes. No, 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 absolutely not. Um, but I do think there's an issue with the fact that we're not talking about them. I don't know about you, Nick, but I not once with a, a pediatrician or OB it was ever sort of warned, this happens to nearly every mother, it could happen. I mean, I no one ever told me. absolutely.
1: No, I mean, I literally was, I mean, I spent like the last two years, nearly three years, kind of like self-diagnosing myself, going like, why are you so, what is wrong with you? And then I actually chatted to a friend of mine who I told him about it. Like, And I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And he was like, his sister-in-law had that, where she actually went for therapy because she was really struggling with it. And it was so bad that it was debilitating she wouldn't leave the house because she was so scared that something was going to happen to her child you know or um so 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 then I was like okay well phone her and ask her what what it is if there's such a word for it or do I need to go for therapy do I need help understanding this and then he was like okay I will she lives in Australia but he was like yeah okay I'll get in touch and then he never did and then when I saw that that write up that Jessica did, um, that put I I was like, oh my gosh, that's that's me. I like, and then when I messaged you and I said, oh, um, like, hello, and then I put two and two together, I'm like, this is actually a real thing. And I got like excited about it because I was like, okay, I'm not the only crazy one. <laughs> yeah. In you, know? this world you, never, you never are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now I know like there are um, various like degrees of intrusive thoughts where either you, you know, like you say you want to do harm to your baby or well not want to but like you think of doing or that you just constantly worry that something harmful is going to happen to yours Um, and it was interesting for me to like look that up and find out that that you know some of it is linked to postnatal depression and it's sad for me because I think if people are feeling like this and having thoughts like this why is no one talking about it how come it took me three years to actually learn about it and know that there's actually a word for it. Like that it's not just in my imagination, you know, and it's not because I'm oversensitive and emotional and all the rest of it. It's actually a thing.
0: No, I I couldn't agree with you more. And it is, it is sad. I think is a a great word and definitely an emotion that I sit with thinking about the, the lack of sort of maternal mental health awareness um, and how little we're a informed about as, as new moms, um, and, and how little then we, we discuss with, with other moms. Um, and I think sort of to go back on, on the example with, uh, the, the mom in Australia, I think that's, that's exactly it. So sometimes the thoughts are just thoughts and, and, and if we use an example, for example, walking down the stairs with baby and the thought is what if I drop Baby and baby falls. If we can still continue walking down the stairs and accept that this was a thought, um, you know that's that's really 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 common. Not that specific thought, but that experience. If then we sit down and are too fearful to then go down the stairs, uh, or, or or can't continue with those those processes, then it sort of suggests that that speaking to a therapist and getting some extra support would would be a good idea um, because then perhaps we, you know, it's affecting, it's affecting your life um, and your functioning and a little extra support would be, would be beneficial. And maybe there is sort of something more to the thoughts, you know, maybe it is some, some perinatal anxiety um, or something like that. So that support would be, would be beneficial. Um, but even even having the thoughts, even chatting now and 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 hearing each other's thoughts, there's comfort in oh shit, okay, I'm not alone. Yeah, and absolutely. that's the dialogue. Yeah. yeah,
1: and and even when I shared it on my Instagram, um, that specific like write up, and so many other people contact me and they were like, yeah, that's me. Oh my word, I feel exactly the same way. And those thoughts are constantly popping in into my head. So it was almost like yeah like almost uh, a weight off my shoulders like okay like people are going through this let's talk about it let's chat about it like um but I do feel shaman like like postpartum and um like what do you call it prenatal what do you call it before you give birth
0: yeah yeah
2: prenatal
1: prenatal antenatal
2: you're over those stages of life (laughs) forgotten
1: about it <laughs> so um pre-partum what do you call it postpartum, yeah, and, pre-partum
2: post-partum part- and prepartum and pre-partum and perinatal and shaman's talk, like I'm, I'm a wealth of knowledge i'm ready for this what's
0: the correct term? <laughs> yeah, so so if you but you can use so perinatal means pregnancy and postpartum so it's that whole whole uh, period okay. and that's sort of no, uh, an... sorry i meant just like just before
1: you give birth let me just yeah I'll go go that route so before you give birth there's so much information you go for your antenatal classes you go for all of the yeah. you, you know where I'm going with this um you go for all these things you get so much information about the birth and this and that and and then you have the child and then there's like no postpartum care it almost feels like you just there we go here we go after your birth here's some neurofen great. Have a nice day. See you later. Use some lube. And you know, like you just sent on your way with a new baby and you're like, Oh my fucking God, like this is hardcore. Like what next? And, and physically no one gives you any advice in terms of like rehab and the physical kind of that aspect. And then mentally, there's no one there guiding you to be like, it's okay. These thoughts are totally normal. This is what you're going to go through. I think my sister-in-law was the first one who actually even said to me, Nicole, when your milk comes in, just warning you, you might hit a low. There's a lot of hormones in there. You might get super emotional. And I was like, thank you for telling me that because I had no idea. And then you've got like, your boobs are literally about to explode. You're bleeding from every hole in your body. You just literally, <laughs> you are so physically and mentally screwed. I don't know. I don't know the right word for it, but you're just so overwhelmed and everything is happening all at the same time and your hormones and, and it's so wild and there's no one there to guide you or there's just no help and no one to be like, right, this is what you're going to experience um, you might not get mastitis or um, a prolapse and this and that and you might, you know, whatever, but at least they tell you and give you like that advice and that information. I feel like everything was so much leading up to the birth and this and that and, you know, the whole birthing experience and to be honest, you don't know what's gonna happen in your birthing experience. Like, no one knows. So, just go with the flow, and really, I feel like people need to focus on like postpartum care and what happens to you psychologically and physically. You're mm. oh, that. Yeah. It. yeah. Sorry.
2: <laughs> like I say, it's just preparation for me one day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know she's gonna be like
2: easy game. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. I don't think anything about or giving birth is easy game.
0: So you can take from that. You've got your nerve, you've got your lube. Um, and, and and you might have a prolapse, and you're going to cry when your mom comes in. <laughs> and then and then that's I
2: mean, what... thankfully, I've got you. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. And he has postpartum packages, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> my support's uh... waiting
2: for me. I suppose. <laughs> and then, so I know you did touch on, or basically saying that from, as a coping mechanism is also like sort of looking for that support or getting that support. Um, yeah, how do you, Nick? How do you cope with with <laughs> with intrusive thoughts and parenting? Oh, like with I know We've spoken about it before when we've gone to the park and the kids are running, and the kids are even when I'm with my nieces and they're like running and playing on the um, uh, like jungle gym. My immediate thinking, like I, like my whole body just like tightens up when they run when I see kids run in the park on tar, and. <laughs> And Enzo yeah. running past and there's a skateboard and like, I'm anxious just having a dog who's pretty anxious. I can't imagine what it's like having humans who you have to look after. Yeah. And then I suppose this is getting me to do our next topic is then having two, two kids and not having I mean, now you've sort of coping with the one child and, and, Your anxiety around managing and and being a mother for the first time with one, now you're transitioning into two or even more kids.
1: I think that like when you do transition into two kids, your focus when you have your first is so like you really into it, like it's your first child, it's so beautiful, it's so special and all your focus and energy is in that, into that one child. So I feel like those intrusive so- thoughts were like a lot more than what it was um, when I had Hunter. I almost felt like I didn't have time yeah. to think of. I'm distracted. I was so distracted and there was just so much going on and that anxiety that I felt with Isla and all that, that feeling of being overwhelmed and that, oh my God, don't do that. And I'm like, I've had to just let go yeah. and just be like, Nicole it's out of your hands like
2: just relax and you can't you actually don't have the energy so you're basically saying have two kids under the age of two
0: <laughs> next is your cure? for intrusive thoughts pop out another baby and then you can't think yeah. thought.
2: and then when it, when it comes
0: yes. up again just have another child <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: because then you don't got time to think of anything
2: <laughs> maybe that is yeah, the cure maybe does that just mean you're have gonna have a third?
1: no <laughs> Please, whatever you we do, got a
2: we've got a we've got a like thing going here. Like Shaman and I were chatting, wondering if you'll have a third. Actually, Ash, Ash, Football uh, She's is like, it will Definitely, like she's gonna have a lot, Lamiki. Listen, like you, you will definitely.
1: Lamiki. I I would love to have. I would love to have ten children if I could physically <laughs> and financially have them. I would and live in a beautiful farm
2: with my horses
1: and my ten children, you, my horses. ten
2: nannies and n- night nurses. <laughs> I knew you were lying when you said horses. If you said dogs, I know that
1: too. <laughs> no, guys, I seriously know. I, I don't think, I don't recommend having one kid right after the other. I think that was just, that was a big whoopsie on, on our part. Um, but it was the
0: lube's fault. <laughs> Exactly. Blame it on
1: the loop. And I also blame it on that mini
2: pull. I mean, don't give someone oh, a mini yes. pull. Although the full blur. Although you weren't taking the mini pull at the same time. And now like I don't know much. Do but bust? Me. <laughs> She's when totally busted I, I still me. remember the first time when um when next <laughs> bell pregnant with Isla, we were sitting, I can't even remember that whole cafe where we were sitting on oh, yeah. this beautiful box and I opened up the box. <laughs> So, pregnancy test. that was positive, and then um, baby number two I arrived at a house, and I can't remember what it was. But we were just chatting. You're like, "Oh, by the way, yeah, I'm pregnant again." Oh. <laughs> and Isla was six months old, and I was like, "What? Where's my gift? Where's my pre- where's the big announcement?" I think I might have been crying. Yeah, it was a very emotional time. That's crazy. Like six months
1: old and being pregnant again. Like, yeah, but I felt she was four months old enough when I was fell pregnant
2: oh my gosh I, I
1: only remember. told her when she was six months because <laughs> <laughs> you're in denial hey, you're going to be a big sister <laughs> no,
2: yeah no, so it's sick. rough it's you're going to probably in like in two years time I rate it's going to be much better right Hunter's going to be four I don't know Shaman tell me what are, when am I out of the woods
0: I, I, I don't know when, when I get <laughs> there I'll let you know <laughs> your cap's also quite small or two two years Four, yeah two and a half so four and a half and two okay okay
2: but i feel like
1: you pretty much there you kind of it does
0: yeah i think the nappies oh no little ones still nappies okay but i do think like that that independence helps and and i you know everyone has a different experience in, in the newborn and the toddler stage. But I do think once there's that physical independence, um, it, does, it does feel a little, I wouldn't say easier, but it feels like you have more independence. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. When they start playing with each other and hanging out and you don't have to constantly be there making sure that they're not falling or hurting themselves or
0: eating a piece of glass <laughs> well my four and a half year old broke her arm a couple of weeks ago so i mean we're not thriving over here <laughs> oh God. i feel like it never ends it's just
1: more there's just more and different challenges as they get older it's wild
2: and so then yeah, what exactly. yeah what are the coping mechanisms especially if, is it was it easier for you guys to sort of sort of see that you need to prioritize yourself and your own mental health and do things for yourself with two kids or two, two, yeah or one like when you've got one kid are you so invested in your new role as a mother and your newborn that you really neglect yourself and then by the time child like baby number two comes you kind of go gosh like I really need to actually like focus on me a bit or does is that still just something that's incredibly hard because i always i often hear moms saying that just just wanting me time or just wanting a break and all these things but they just they never get that break or never get that you know a lot of moms like how you i find you as well I don't get a lot of time for you <laughs> and your single parenting like four or five times a week yeah i know it is quite hardcore <laughs>
1: I'm tired all the time when people ask me, "How are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. sorry, carry on. Go shaman, give us your wisdom., <laughs> oh, I'm not sure it's
0: wisdom. Um, but no, I think it is i one of those things that is incredibly difficult to prioritize self as mom um so difficult and that difficult's an understatement it's are we allowed to swear on the podcast
2: (laughs) it's me yes (laughs) i try try not to because when my mom listens to it she always tells me not to swear as much (laughs) don't know if she's listening to this one but you're
0: more than welcome to (laughs) express yourself okay disclaimer sorry mama loggs um (laughs) it's a. Yeah, it, it's fucking hard. It is, um, and I think anyone who who is in it knows it's hard, um, and and that's okay. It's okay to experience it as hard, but I do think prioritizing self is is important, and 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 not just, you know, I think that self care and prioritizing self is can have a bit of a bad rap you know a, a bubble bath and a face mask and suddenly motherhood's easy and, and that's just <laughs> isn't it, know, is, is what it takes? <laughs> <laughs> but you know um you know taking it a, a bit deeper than that and 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 making space to to fulfill your needs whether that's asking someone to help pick up the groceries whether that's asking a partner if you have a partner to um, help out a friend, uh, whether that 's therapy, whether that 's setting boundaries um, with with people, loved ones, friends, family that you need to. so I think yes, prioritizing self is essential um, we can we can go full cliche with you can 't fill a what 's the cup one you can 't fill a cup with an empty cup that one um, and I think you know that that there is truth in that. Um but it 's also sort of what we 're modeling to to our children, and I think that 's one that that I encourage others to be mindful of and definitely try for myself is by me taking those moments to fill my cup to uh, do things for myself i 'm showing my children that that 's okay, yeah, just... so me saying to the kids guys, mommy 's going. X, Y, and Z, mom's going you know, to, do, to do the thing that I need to do for me shows them, oh, okay, we're allowed to put ourselves first. Um, and, and, and we're also teaching an important lesson of vulnerability. Like I'm not perfect mom, I'm, I'm doing my best and, and we're learning as we go. So when I need a break, I'm gonna allow myself to have that break. And then they see, oh shit, mom's human. Um, so when they, when they need that space, when they need that discovery time, when they make those mistakes, when they need a breath, it's not considered abnormal or strange or failing. It's okay. This is normal. So I think that's, a another thing to sort of remind ourselves on the self-care isn't the fit. Well, it might be, if that's what you need, if you need the face mask and the blah, go for it, embrace that. Yes. Um, but it's, it's, it's more than that.
1: Mm. I think that's, like, been my hardest challenge, like, to give myself that time and actually enjoy that time because I feel guilty, like, even though I am at home with the kids most of the time, like, I'm constantly thinking, oh, like, today, well, ever since I went to school, I thought, you know what? In the morning now, I've got time to... I'm going to drop her off at school, I'm going to take the dog for a nice walk in the beach, and I'm going to go for a swim every day. That is my time that me and the dog, like old times, <laughs> I'm going to do that. And I'm going to enjoy that half an hour, 45 minutes every day um, while Hunter's with a nanny. And I can actually just switch off and enjoy. And initially it was so hard. I kept on going, okay, I need to get back. I need to get home. And I was like, why do you need to? You don't need to. Just enjoy this time on the beach, enjoy your swim, and then get home and you f- you'll feel recharged. So it but it took a while to get into it. And now I'm like, get in the car. We are going to school. I need to go for my swim. <laughs> I'm like, I absolutely love it, but it did take me a long time to do that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. I don't know. Like for me, a bubble bath and a face mask is just like, almost doesn't touch sides. Whatever.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, it's just that, that, yeah, I think mom guilt is huge. And, and you know what I feel like I've learned is to actually just accept it and be like, you're going to feel it a lot. You're going to feel like you should be with the kids. and you're... So if you just accept it and you embrace it and you're going to be like, I oh, know I should be, but that's cool. Like you you'll always feel mom guilt. So that's what I kind of keep playing in my mind. Like just accept it. it's it's normal it's part of your everyday new mom life so yeah
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's really a, a a tough a tough journey and I think what makes it more tough to go back to sort of that that myth is that we often feel the need to pretend we're not experiencing those things that we don't find self-care difficult or we don't need self-care. I mean, there's, there's a sort of a, a a belief or a myth that we, to be a good mom, we just give everything of ourselves. Um, And, and, and then when we do take that time off, we're plagued with guilt and and the issue i think is 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 a far bigger social construct issue that it's that isn't a good mom a good mom isn't someone who gives all of herself and has nothing left um but i think so often that is the the expectation that we have um and yeah i think there's there's a fascinating uh, workshop that uh, dr sophie brock does all on sort of the motherhood myth and looking at um the role of mother and the process of mothering and and yeah really fascinating that touches on so much of this
2: nice so on a lighter note so <laughs> i feel like it's very heavy it's all very really, really real um but also of course there's so many like Amazing moments and special memories that you guys have both had so far. So, with having two kids, or even when you had one, are there any like really ridiculous moments or funny moments <laughs> that you've had? I know there are lots, but like with your kids and with two kids, like while once. One's doing this, Bentley's stealing croissants on the beach. You're trying to juggle this. You're full of baby bomb. I love those stories. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, actually, I saw um, Phil sent me a video the other day of... Because um, of, we have cameras in the house. And it was when we were in our Flower Street house. Yes, yes, yes. And there's a camera um, that was in Isla's room. And she was a couple of months old. And I was quite heavily pregnant. No, so she was maybe like say six or seven months old and I was I had like a tummy because in this video I would I, like he it like it would pick up it would film if there was motion in the room so so there I am she was obviously sick and vomiting and she was and Phil's obviously away so I'm there on my own so I'm naked my I've got my my bump is sticking out she's on my hip vomiting and I'm I'm cleaning the floor as she's vomiting with my foot and the towel with my foot and I'm just cleaning the vomit and she's vomiting and my tummy's there and I'm trying to bend down it was this clip it was like probably 15 seconds and I just looked at this and I was like this is what I was doing. Three o'clock in the morning, heavily pregnant. I was nauseous as anything, vomiting oh my myself. There, Isla is vomiting and sick, and I'm cleaning this and with Bailey's my.
2: Ben, probably trying Bailey's to. Ben, he's probably <laughs> coming to eat <beneath> the
1: blooming <laughs> vomit on the floor, and I'm cleaning it up with my foot, like hacking it out. And I looked at this whole situation. I was like, oh this is this is mom life right here yeah. this is what we this should be showing you people you know if i wasn't naked i might have show, put it on social media <laughs> but i was very very naked and very pregnant so i wasn't in, in looking my best yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm sure you still can look like a supermodel no, <laughs>
1: Keep it on pedicure. Oh (laughs) no, definitely not.
2: So yeah, that was my
0: little funny flippin' moment.
1: Shaman, do you have a good one?
0: (laughs) We're we're all about at the moment exploring the questions that mom doesn't know how to answer. Um, So yeah, this week we've had um, what's inside your bum hole. (laughs) <laughs> ophelia wants to know like can we learn a bit more about what's inside your bumhole? and sometimes she goes a little deeper and not in the bum hole, but... <laughs> the bum hole. <laughs> that's beautiful i love
1: that
2: i'm getting all red how do you answer that well I suppose these are the moments that break you out of your cycle of intrusive thoughts like this is what you need more
0: of is the rule like kids coming yeah yeah say it as it is (laughs) nothing nothing is more humbling than than being a mom we've also had if we die and then we're a skeleton if we don't like being a skeleton can we come back again <laughs> wow that's deep that's... yeah
1: that's pretty amazing
0: actually <laughs> so these are these are the the fun moments that i'm i'm faced with at the moment but it's it's wonderful i i i would rather do the existential crises than uh vomiting and
2: poo.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: that's true <laughs> I know. I'm nearly there, Shaman. I'm nearly out of that. <laughs> so
2: she's going to start asking you these sorts of Ooh. questions soon. She's she's almost full. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Although scared. she's already so
1: bloody bright. Yeah. No, she's on another planet. That one. <laughs> I'm scared for when she's a teenager.
0: Amazing. But I think if if we may around sort of how you know, how to, to deal with that. And, and next, I think, you know, I admire your, your vulnerability and sharing how freaking hard it has been. Um, I think with, with those intrusive thoughts, one of the things and you, you said it yourself that we can do is, is name it. So there's, there's the, the saying that I love um, name it to tame it. So once we've named it, it becomes a little less scary. Like we said in the beginning, that dark and, you know, a dangerous word, it becomes, okay, I know what I'm experiencing. Um, I understand what this is. It's still uncomfortable, but I know I can give it that name. It's an intrusive thought. Um, and that, that, that's sort of one of the tips in, in, in tackling those and, and not rejecting it. So we're not saying like, oh, no, 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 don't think it. It's there. You know, we've we've thought it. So instead of pretending we didn't think it, rather acknowledging this is this is scary. I, I'm feeling really uncomfortable by this thought, but that is what it is. It's just the thought and, and naming that. And I think the next thing is, you know, trusting that intuition um, and that sort of mama lion that's concerned about the safety of of the kitties and having a look around. Is there something scary is there something dangerous that i'm being alerted by is there something that i need to be mindful of and and once we've assessed okay we're actually safe there's nothing going to happen then we can can continue um and i think i think the the loss and and we did touch on it is sharing about it um and and i think the the more we hold shame against intrusive thoughts, the less we're going to be talking about them. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I think social media also plays a huge role in it because you just, this motherhood is all like portrayed to be, and I know like for sure a lot of my stuff as well, I I almost like take the piss out of, of motherhood. Like I try to show the funny side of the craziness, but there's a lot of people that try and show like, that it's that it's the perfect life
2: beautifully and curated beautifully
1: yes. crea- curated and it's got your all your wooden toys and perfectly positioned neutral tones and this and you like come on don't do that <laughs> you know like my house is filled with like colorful chinese plastic toys like it's just you know i'm sorry but like <laughs> i never thought i'd be that mom with those but I am I just (laughs) I just I've learned to just let go and go with the flow and I think the more that people go onto social media and think that that's what parenting and motherhood should look like it's wrong it's so wrong and that's why with our with with wellness in the city like if we do any posts on you know um infertility or um, sharing about like my experience I I, like say to him like I want to show the Instagram versus reality I want to show there's also those beautiful pictures that I did with a great photographer who made me look fabulous but then there's the real life where I'm sitting and like lying on the bed with the baby on me and there's piles of laundry behind me and you know a horrible one of me pregnant like in the (laughs) In the maternity ward with those stuff like um what are those, oh, uh, yeah, those disposable panties, panties with Fish. a massive yes and the pad that's like a blooming surfboard and I just i was like i want to show people that because that is what it looks like it's raw and it's real and it's not pretty you know um so we have done a lot of that and it 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 works people respond to that um and I feel yeah I mean people there's a that. yeah They're, they do
2: yeah I think social media is a scary we've often actually discussed it especially in the parenting world that like it's a scary world out there on social media and what people portray it to be like sometimes it feels especially with like the younger generation like us even like becoming moms has become trendy like like what you wear there's now more like everything there's more available there's more like like fashionable maternity wear and everything's all like on social media, so beautifully curated um when it comes to parenting, that it actually looks fun to have a kid because like it's another person to add to your family photo, not just your dog. You know? <laughs> Absolutely, like, and all the cute, beautiful kids close, wear that you close. can dress them. Oh, in. it gives me
1: anxiety thinking of having to do anything with the kids. Like, you know, we've been given a product for the kids to try out. I'm like ah, this is going to be a ball egg.
2: No, but they are amazing.
1: But do you know the aftermath? (laughs) There is ice cream everywhere (laughs) and food and crap all over my room and linen and bed and just, it's just an absolute dog show. So I don't know how these, actually these momfluencers do it because they
0: have either got it waxed
1: or or they're lying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, it's exactly sort of, social media can be a really dangerous place in motherhood um with sort of curated stuff that feels far from reality for some um and i think it's also you know been a place for me personally professionally that that connects so many moms um and and i think like with jess for example nicks uh, her writing is sort of it speaks to a place that you feel, but don't know how to put into words. I think a lot of it's, and I think that's sort of that prioritizing self and how to take care of yourself as a mom. I think that's, that's one of the ways, sort of that boundary of what, what am I going to receive? I'm feeling overwhelmed with baby and, and, and holding it together postpartum. It's hard. What am I going to receive? What extra stimulus am I going to allow to enter? And then choosing, you know, I don't want to look at the, you know, motherhood portrayals that seem perfect. I'm going to find a piece of writing that, you know, and and, and picking and choosing and setting those boundaries to protect your, yourself, I think is another self-care tool that, that, that we, we should all be, or could all be using.
1: Yeah, that's actually what I started to do. I started to delete accounts um, that just made me anxious. And I was like, I don't, I don't actually want to see that. I don't want to see your picture perfect life and everything is just so beautifully, you know, um, like you you doing so many amazing things, but you've got like four kids and you, you Content creating, doing this, doing that, moving, like interior designing, doing millions of things, and 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 it was just too overwhelming for me because then I was like, I have only got two kids, and why am I not doing that? Like I would just delete, cull people, and yeah, and then I just literally would follow accounts that inspired me, Mm -hmm. and that gave me energy, um, and and didn't put me down. So that's I think like one of the biggest pieces of advice if you don't want to get off social media and, and either for business or because you whatever but but follow accounts that mm. that lift you up and motivate you
2: definitely and i think also to end off as well shaman if you can share with the listeners how they can if there are any moms out there listening if the, how they can potentially work with you or how you can support them if you can share a bit more about mum well to end off, that would be great.
0: Yeah, I think if you know, Next described beautifully and in great detail her postpartum experience with the Lubin and Um and and, <laughs> and I the think blood. and the, and the blood and yeah, and I think there's there's something you know we, we jest, but there's something very true and very real about the amount of support we get. During pregnancy how's baby uh, you know gynae appointments each month there's a lot of care nurture and support um, during during the, the the pregnancy and then you have baby and, and 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 it feels like that ends so I think one of the ways in which we we can help prepare and I, I don't like to use that word um, you know, often because it's such a difficult thing to prepare for. But one of the things that I think we can try and do is create a postpartum plan. So while we're we're pregnant already, having a look at, at what support might I find useful, whether that's a lactation consultant or a doula for birth, um, and then finding uh, a therapist, uh, counselor, psychologist, um, and and reaching out while you're still pregnant. Hi, this is me. I'm pregnant. Right now I feel good, but I just want to reach out and connect to someone um, before birth because we often see it's a lot easier to ask for help when we're feeling good than asking for help when we're in the thick of it. And if I take myself back, even to when my daughter was born, she she was in the NICU. It was crazy. It was emotional. I I, I you know, I was fortunate enough to be in this industry where I did have a, a, a therapist and, and I'm very grateful that I had that support. But had I not been in therapy before my daughter was born, I think I would have found that even more challenging to reach out. Um, so I think a postpartum plan could be a, a useful Tool in, in, in supporting after postpartum. So we have neurofen, lube, and then uh, maybe a, a, few a few other professionals. Other professionals to to help. Okay, um, I've got lo- one last question.
1: <laughs> Better be good.
2: Okay, if both of <laughs> you could think back to um, your first firstborn. And the any support that you could have gotten at that stage, like anything, what would you have wanted? Like, but I'm saying, I'm thinking, because I'm just preparing, um, I'm manifesting for my future. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking if I have to go through this night nurse, private chef, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be Kalina. me. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs>
1: Is like, you, you know how many times i carry him round to your place and hey, cook you dinner not, the in
2: in your face. Yet, yet.
1: <laughs> it's coming i know
2: if you could if there's any like i don't know i think this is something that i've always thought of because i'm so precious about my sleep and i know uh, i'm gonna really struggle from sleep deprivation i know i shouldn't put it out there but i mean like it's a thing you do not get proper night sleep so night nurse i would say is like high up on my like, wish list, could I, should I be able to be in a situation that I could get it? Like, what would you, what would you, number one, or, like, two things be?
1: So <laughs> you brought out <laughs> a hard one. I, um, I, thought, I thought this was going to be, like, you know a no-brainer. What? You know what, okay, I did have a friend the other day who said to me that she felt pressurized to not have a night nurse, because everyone in her mm. antenatal group, they were like, no, we're doing it on our own, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. and I was like, oh. If you can afford to, Why not? do it. Just
2: for one night's
1: sleep. Jeez, <laughs> exactly. If you can get someone in maybe once a week, how yeah. fantastic is that? You know, mm-hmm. just to have one night. If you're not breastfeeding. I know it's hard if yeah, you're breastfeeding. Yeah. But I think for me, what I maybe would have liked is to have gone um, for like to like a physio, um, mm. a pelvic floor physio, and worked on that. And also, because everything was so out of alignment because of both births being so quick after one another and the pressure and everything that happened during my birth it was not an easy um birth but but my pelvis my pubic bone my back everything was out and I feel like I should have had if I had someone like a physio to work on me um after birth and just make sure that everything kind of went back into alignment i think i wouldn't have had my back issues and also i wouldn't have to cross my legs when i when i sneeze <laughs> <laughs> putting it out there
2: <laughs> that's a goodie i didn't actually think about the physical yeah yeah
0: yeah i think i think i'm going to be um yeah i think the support that I wish I had with my first would be sort of the, yeah, this is really hard. You're racking my brain. I think I was, I think I was fortunate enough to have a lot of support, but the area that I think I needed more support is being able to, to delegate those those tasks. So it's not an actual support person, but I think, and, and, and it really sort of brought it home to me when you said that some people sort of turn their noses up at, at night nurses. And I just think so often we feel as though we have to do it all on our own. And I definitely, uh, with retrospect, think I Try to do that more with the first born than the second. And I think I had a lot of personal realizations through sort of experience through therapy um, that I was more willing and more eager and, and, and more compassionate to ask for help the second time around. Whereas the first time I think I, I, I just tried to, to do it all. Um, so I think the first time I would have probably had more grace with myself to ask for and not not necessarily for the emotional sport because I think I had that but you know can you help me with cooking dinner can you help me with doing laundry can you help me clean the house um all of those things that I felt I had to do um uh, that I didn't actually have to do now thinking about it but but the the yeah the grace to say like should I can't do this can you do it
1: And you know, also another friend said to me who had two, one after the other and actually planned it. (laughs) Who does that? (laughs) Anyway, she said to me, the best advice I can give you is invest in help. And she's like, we are so fortunate in this country that we can actually, we have the help at our disposal. We can get a nanny, we can get a night nurse, we can get a cleaning lady. we, We can, if you invest that money that you might think you know oh, you'll buy a fancy breast pump or, or you'll buy a country fancy, road, outfits. Oh, country road <laughs> outfits for the kids no put that into someone's salary and get them to help around the house because it does give you that little bit of like oh, okay I don't have to do that and just every little task when you have a child is monumental it's like oh my goodness so when you put them down to sleep and you know you've got like 45 minutes and there you are instead of going to brush your teeth and showering you like Panging out the laundry and you know washing dishes and bottles bottles I can't you know what I've just discovered is that I can I put the bottles now into the dishwasher and I was washing and Sterilizing them the whole time. I'm like what was I doing to myself? I can just put them in the dishwasher and I was there, I was like hucking out, cleaning the whole thing. So I don't know if you do that, but I didn't do that. <laughs> you,
0: you've touched on something that I think is really important. This is like the, the, the never-ending party, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but I think there's such an important uh, differentiation to make between uh, housewife and mom. And to be a good mom doesn't mean to have the house together. And I think so often we put the two yeah. in the same bracket. Excellent. So being a good mom means nutritious, organic, fully cooked meal every day, clean house, sparkling countertops, laundry folded, bottles sterilized, and then we sort of give ourselves credit. Okay, I'm I mommed well, and the two are so. So different, right? So so you being a mom, me being a mom is a very different role to the sort of house chores. Um, Absolutely. It, yeah. And, like, I feel like the more messy
1: the house is and, like, out of, like, just everything's lying around, the more I've spent time with the kids. The more the house is clean looking great, the more the kids are sitting in front of the TV. You know what I mean? So you just you've got to kind of weigh, weigh it up and be like, right, you're not going to get all of it done, but do I want to spend time with the kids today? It was so beautiful this morning. The sun was out. I was like, I'm not going to sit and do stuff. Like, the kids are home. Let's do cool things together. Like, let's get them in the pool. Let's play with them. We're going to have ice creams at 10 o'clock in the morning. That's cool, you know? There was ice cream everywhere, everywhere. And I was like oh, cool, I've got to get ready for this podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, like, I had my time with them, it was cool, it was messy, but, you know, um, I've had to let go, because I'm so pedantic, and I'm such a perfectionist, and I hate mess, and I, I just, I have to let go, I mean, my mom comes around, and even, she is, like, even more OCD than me, and she says to me, Nicole, How can you let your kids eat like this? There is food everywhere, and then you take them out of their chair, and they're running around, and they've got their hands on the couch. This is terrible. You are not doing a very good job. She cuts me out, and I'm like, yeah,
2: but you've got that vacuum
1: cleaner. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I've got the best vacuum cleaner. (sighs) But I literally, I'm like, ma. Sorry, but that's the way it's going to be. Like, I don't even have time to fight with you on this one. So you clean them. And then my mom's running around with wet wipes, cleaning, cleaning. I'm like, I can't. I'm done. But I think it's because when you're with them and every single day and every second and every hour, you just got to, you just have to let go. Let it
2: go. You're feeling frozen. Frozen,
1: <laughs> oh,
2: I love it. Oh, thanks so much guys I know we can talk, talk go on Forever. for hours and we'll definitely do another podcast episode soon so I know there's lots of topics that we're wanting to cover but I really appreciate both of your, both of you guys taking time out of your day to join me today and to essentially help me in my training <laughs> for the future selfishly if no one else downloads this podcast at least
0: you've changed my life <laughs> Good to know. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for that. I I, I needed that from you. I'm I'm, I'm glad.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was amazing. But we'll do this again soon.
0: Thank you so much. That was awesome. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Shaman. That
1: was amazing. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Have a good day.